For my fly folks out there, how y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to FY Fly the Podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. The Kid That Did. And I'm here with the big general Remy G. How everything going, bro? Man, everything going good, brody. I'm excited to be doing my first guest interview today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad you said that because today I really wanted to bring on a guest who could give us a simple how to buy a car 101. You know, the basics. Yeah, because I'm looking to make my first major purchase fresh out of college by buying a new whip. But before we jump in and all that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your two-row plays, bro. Yes, sir, man. So I guess first introduce myself. My name is Marlon Walls. I'm actually a rental car fleet owner, as well as a podcaster myself, Money Monopolizers Podcast, where we just teach financial literacy and generational wealth building to people that look like us, that came from similar backgrounds or worse backgrounds, to show that they can do it too. As far as the, uh, my, our, my start in Turo, we actually had interviewed one of, a guy on a podcast who introduced a uh, rental car play to us. And um, after we talked to him about it, I was like, man, I, got, I really want to get into this business. Mm. And so back in August of last year, we bought our first vehicle. It was um, a 2016 Nissan Sentra. We just fully financed it in, in my personal name. And um, we went to the dealership. We were able to, able to get the vehicle and we rented out on a hire car at the time. Hire car is another platform similar to Turo, but it caters to Uber and Lyft drivers. And so we spent uh, about the we spent the rest of the year actually on that platform alone. We only had that one vehicle from all of uh, 2020. And then in January of 2021, I was like, man, I'm doing way too much. I'm like, I'm like try, trying to do too many different industries, trying to get into too many different businesses. I need to really focus. So mm. my goal for 2021 was to say, let's pick a business and focus. And for me, that was the rental car business. So in, 20, in uh, January of 2021, I purchased the second vehicle, same thing, financed it uh, fully in our uh, personal name. And then uh, in February, I bought another one. In March, I got one more, then got two in April. And then now we're at eight vehicles. We actually just purchased one yesterday. It was a Hyundai Jeez. Sonata. So okay. I think we're That's at eight, my call, either right eight or nine. Sonata. I'm sorry. That's Sonata's yeah. the truth. <laughs> yes, sir. So I want to say our fleet is at eight or nine vehicles now. I need to go back and start counting. So I'm, I'm seeing I'm starting to lose count. But, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's how you know you're making them plays, man. But when you talk about financing, when you say fully finance, can you mm-hmm. explain like exactly what that means for people who have no idea? Yeah. What's up? What's up? Oh, y'all haven't heard? FY Fly just released their new website. Check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site. Please check our free features, educational resources, and our blog that we update daily. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Now let's dive in. For sure. So when we go to a bank, um, what we would say is that, hey, I want to get a, approved for a, an auto loan. And what the bank would do is give you a pre-approval letter. And that pre-approval letter may have any any number on it based on your credit and based on your income and your, your credits, the main things that they're looking at. If you have a decent income and you don't have a lot, like a lot of debt to income is what they call it, DTI, yeah. meaning that you don't have a lot of debt that's already on your credit. That means that you may have a strong credit backing, especially if your credit uh, account is like already good. Like if your credit history is showing that you've made on-time payments in the past, it's showing that you don't have a lot of debt racked up already, mm. then you're, you're very bankable. So now you can go to a bank and say, hey, I want to get this loan and they will give it to you. So for us, we went to the bank and said, we want to buy a Nissan Sentra. Mm. And they were going for like around 10 to 12,000 at the time. And so they gave us a loan for about 13,000. And now we have a, uh, we can go to the dealership and say, hey, I'm already got pre-approved with a bank. And they're going to loan to up to 13000 So I can, there's no issue for, with me being able to get a, a vehicle. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't tell them how much I've been pre-approved for. I just say I got a pre-approval already. 
So mm-hmm. now if they ask for it, that's a different story. But I'm just going to say mm-hmm. I have a pre-approval because if you tell them you're a number, then they may try to uh, get you at your number. So I, we walked out the door paying, I think, eleven four, like 11400 for that first Nissan Sentra. We're not going to tell them that we have 13000 in pre-approval because they may want to try to get us a 13000 Yeah, I don't want to pay that much. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want that eleven four. But fully financing is basically not paying anything out of pocket, though. Mm-hmm. So because we had great credit, we don't necessarily have to uh, put money down because putting money down is like your skin in the game that shows the bank that I may not have the best credit, but I'm, my, I'm putting my personal money up to show that I'm, I'm committed to this loan. Yeah. If I have great credit, the bank trusts me enough to say that I'll lend you all this money. You don't have to cover any of the vehicle costs. We'll cover it all. And we just trust that you're going to pay us back because you have a history of on-time payments in the past. I'm glad you said that because... Now, our bank is financing the vehicle 100%, no down mm-hmm. payment needed at a 12% rate. Are there any out-the-door fees I should expect that we're looking out for? Because I know the sticker price is usually never what the final price is. Man, so I had to, I heard two things. One was the 12% rate. That's actually yeah. pretty high considering um, the current market we're in with where the interest rates are low. It's like 1.9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's honestly... It's okay to have that. I would actually recommend like just checking out different banks, especially like the smaller credit unions. Bef- mm-hmm. And before, sometimes you can actually go to online, like go to their website and see what, what rates they offer. But that'll be like the best case scenario. So, so it, it is dependent on your credit. If your credit is like so-so, then you may get a higher rate, but still get fully financed. And I would say that actually is just part of the, that's part of the game. If you, you pretty much start where you are, you don't have to start with the best rate to get into the game, but you can get there based on uh, having, building up your credit through on-time payments and now uh going back to your question though sticker price you see on like the websites or that you see when you go into the actual dealership itself is more times than not i would say 10 times out of 10 not going to be the price that they're going to offer you when you first um try to uh, try to sign an agreement saying i'm purchasing this car because mm-hmm. what they're going to because at bare minimum they're going to add in what's called taxes title and license so it's mm-hmm. like the, the licensing fee the, the taxes uh, for the vehicle that's based on the taxes rate in your area or the sales tax in your area. And then they're gonna have like doc fees and stuff like that. So those are like standard. And you're gonna always have those to, it's called TTL, tax title and license. Now what you, what's negotiable and you have to be very adamant about this and for, forthcoming about it before you even go to the dealership. Uh-huh. We always tell them, I do not want dealer fees. And I'm, I'm, be, I'm, be, I'm specific too. Mm-hmm. I don't want any uh, tenant windows. I don't want any uh, nitrogen in my tires. I don't want Apex. I don't want any dealer uh, dealer package that cleans out the whole vehicle. From so that's things they would probably do without yes. asking you? Yes. So every time, you, when they first give you their first offer, they're gonna the offer price is more times than not going to be four to 5000 more, especially like for economy cars. I'm talking about like the standard Nissan Sentras. The, yeah. one, we, we, the one we saw got for 11.4, it might have been listed at like 10900 And their first offer to us was probably around 14000 Makes sense. Just, be, just because they, they tack on all these dealer fees. But so now we call, we actually call the dealership before we ever even leave the house and say, hey, man, I saw on AutoTrader or Cars.com that you had this um this car that you had listed for the X amount. It's listed for 11000 And um, I want to check it out. Like, I want, I want to come check it out and everything. And like, oh, yeah, man, come on in. We, we'd love to have you in. Yeah, I love to be there, too. But I want to let you know one thing, though, before I can come in there. 
Do, uh, do y'all ha- offer any dealer fees? Like, do y'all have the Apex uh, that y'all offer in there? Apex is like a GPS tracking and stuff. Do y'all okay. have any? Do you have the Apex? Do y'all have um, nitrogen in your tires? Do y'all have tinted windows? Oh yeah, we usually offer that stuff too on on top. I don't want any of that. Yes, I'm good on all that. <laughs> if y'all, when I walk in here, I want the base price plus taxes, title, and license. Uh-huh. If I don't get those, or if we can't come to that agreement before I even get into the uh, into into the office, I'm not even coming. I'm not, not wasting my time. Facts. Because we're not. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't want that stuff, and that is literally how the dealerships make the bulk of their money. Mm. That plus like there's a whole bunch of other add-ons that they add on to that they add on afterwards, like uh, warranties and things like that. And they just continue to add on the costs, just put pack, packing them on. And now they just making a, a killing off of anybody who doesn't know beforehand what to mm. be, what to look out for. It's not saying to be scared, but just be mindful that these are coming up and know how to uh, work around them when they do. Definitely. Definitely. Because I was doing some research like before our interview, man. And I saw that a lot of people are buying more like used cars and, you know, different things, especially during COVID and all that. So I wanted to ask you, like, how many miles are like too many miles on a used car, in your opinion? Depends on what the use is for. It completely uh-huh. depends on the use. So now if you're using it for your own personal vehicle, it's gonna, now it depends again on how long do you want the vehicle for. If it's for if you want to ride until the wheels fall off, you may start looking below 60,000 miles because mm. you may may want to get a nice long lifespan out of it, like between five, 10, 15 years. For, um, if you just want it for a year, it may not depend. It may not matter as much how long well how many miles it has on it. So 60,000 is not bad. Sorry to interrupt you, but 60,000 is not bad. Or what do you? Oh, yes. Yeah. As far as the sort of mileage, I just use our our case as a scenario. Uh-huh. We for our Turo fleet, we always look below 50,000. That's just our number that we established based on our business, the way that we want wanted to run it. OK, because we always we want to sell our vehicles before they hit the 75,000 mile mark. And that's because we just there's like a uh, really want to sell it before 70,000. Mm. And that's because it's like a. um. It's like a stigma in people's heads. Like when they see a certain number, they start aging the vehicle mentally. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I, I don't, also, the dating agent, whatever you want to call it for the vehicle. So now they're like, oh, that's a little bit more undesirable. So we want to stay in that range where people are more receptive to mm. buying the vehicle. So it's, it's all psychology with people. And so we, we like to be able to sell it at the at a price or at a point where people are still going to be willing to buy it, whether it's offline or at a dealership. Okay. And so as far, but there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with having a car with a, few, with a couple thousand miles on it. Like, you don't have to get something brand new. Most mm. people have a stigma that brand new is best, but brand new has brand new price attached to it. I don't yeah. need that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Yes, we sir. try to get the max benefit without the without that um, cost. <laughs> I would, we always target two to five-year-old vehicles. It's like, whether it's a, so today is 2021. So we try, we target 2019s through 2016s. We're actually starting to come off the 2016s and go to 2017s now. Because mm. it's, it's the second half of the year. Makes sense. So you kind of sparked a question in my head, bro. Yo, this your boy CEO Sonny, aka the kid that did. And before we really jump into our show, I just wanted to let y'all know I've officially dropped my clothing line HRTs. And we're starting off with our four flagship designs. We have CEO creating everyday opportunities. For my FY Fly ladies out there, we have WWW Women with Wealth. For my FY Fly fellas, because y'all know we can't leave y'all out. We also have our investment shirts. And last but not least, we have our run up a check shirts. Thank y'all for tapping in with us. The link will be in the show notes. Hope y'all enjoy the show. Let's go. So what's your opinion? I got two questions, actually. So what's your opinion on uh, cash cars? 
you know, buying mm-hmm. like cash cars. And then how important is it to know like the prior history, you know, the car facts, the previous mm-hmm. owners and all the things like that? With cash cars, man, I w- it depends. <laughs> so so what it depend though, man? Talk I to know. Talk I to know, him. I know, I know. <laughs> so if we're using it for the plat like the platforms like Turo and Hire Car, now it's gonna look at a return on investment thing. Like how much because if I'm putting up a lot of money, like I said, with the other cars that we're financing, yeah. I'm not coming out of pocket any, I'm not coming out of pocket anything to get those cars. Mm-hmm. And so that means that I'm essentially getting an infinite return on investment because if I haven't put any money up, but I get money out, that's at, at a simplest case, a, a infinite return on investment because yeah. the, the business is still generating me money. If I buy a cash car, now I've put money up. So now my new question is, what is my return on investment and what is okay. the lifespan of the vehicle itself? Because I want this, if I'm going to put up money, it should pay for itself in full within the first year. Mm. Um, and then after that, it should still continue to be able to pay me off for a couple of years and hold its value based on what I bought it for. Gotcha. If I, so let's say I buy a 2015, uh, probably like a 2013 or something like that. It's going to be a little bit older if you're going to get a cash car for like a reasonable deal. Yeah. Like I want to buy a 2013 Nissan Sentra that may have like 80,000 miles on it. Mm. Or maybe like even probably pushing a hundred to be honest. If you're trying to get like a, a, a better deal, because I haven't we haven't looked at those a lot, but that's one of our strategies we plan on looking at. So I can't give you like concrete numbers you quite yet. Mm. But twenty let's say twenty thirteen hundred thousand miles, and we're trying to get like within the five to seven thousand dollar range. If I if I put that much money up, now I'm looking at I'm going to look at Turo to see what can I rent this car out for per day. Yeah. No one Nissan Sentra's, those are like those are standard economy cars that run out all the time. So now I'm looking at okay, if I can rent that out for like 40 a day and uh multiply that by th- by 30, mm. that's how many days are in a month. Now that's 1200 per month. I'm going to pay about 25% in um protection plan on Turo, so take take 300 away from that 1200, that's mm. 900. So multiply that 900 by 12, that's a 10,800. <clears throat> That's a solid deal to this for the over the course nah, of the year. Nah, for real. <laughs> 10,800. Um, and then I pay, like I said, five to five to seven thousand for the car. Mm. And that's kind of the, the math I would do to justify is this a good deal or not for me. Gotcha. Pay for itself in the first year. And when I sell it, I'm looking at Kelly Blue Book values now. Like mm. uh, cars that are like a couple years older. So now let me look at like a 2011 or 2012 and see what are what, what are they selling for today? Because a year from now, just 2013 is probably going to sell for that same amount. Mm. And so now would I be able to sell it for close to what I bought it for or and not really like lose so much value uh, from it by that point? Am I going to be paying to sell it? Well, not really paying to sell it because you didn't finance it. But can I really recoup the the uh, principal that I put down? Okay. Okay. And then the second question was like, how important is it to know like the car facts and, you know, prior oh, history yeah. and different things like that? I would say that one. For us, it's very important as far as um, if you're looking to rent these out, because if you ever want to rent out this vehicle and like if you if you decide to buy it for yourself and then say later, I want to um, put it on this on a platform, you can't put a, a, a car that has branded or savage title on, on Turo platform. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not going to fly with them. It can't have a branded or savage title and it can't have a recall on it. And if it has any of that, Turo's not going to let you list the vehicle. So in our case, it's very important. I was about to say. Could you explain to us um, what is a salvage title for our listeners that don't know what that means? Essentially, it's like if your car has been like totaled out and it doesn't have its uh, original parts anymore. So like mm-hmm. if you're 
if um, it's been like a major accident and you took it like to a, some type of mom and pop repair shop that just started grabbing parts and pieces from everywhere that not necessarily dealer approved. Mm. Now the, it's, the car is not necessarily built to uh, industry standards anymore. And it may or may, it's like pretty much like a bootleg repair and you don't, you can't really afford to have that uh, on the platform, on like a platform like Turo that's more professional, that's is, um, based on a reliable service. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. So what are some questions I need to ask the car salesman? And also, like, what are some acceptable paying terms? I know they have like four years, five years, six years. I just want to get your thoughts on those type of things. I know you say you don't really like to do the financing, but for somebody in my shoes. Questions to answer dealership. I would say a lot of stuff you can do beforehand, mm. um, such as trying to get the car fax. That's one thing that we always do. So we looked at how many um, how many owners has it has it owned the car before us. Um, does it have a branded or salvage title? Does it um, does it have any recalls on it? Are there any dealer fees? Things such as that. Okay. You also can ask like um, what other features does a car come with that you just may not know about just by looking at the pictures alone, and um, seeing if they know any, any other defects with the with the car itself. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, man, to wrap up everything for our FY Fly folks still locked in with us, man, can you break down the process of buying a car in the simplest terms? Like, we just need it straightforward, like boom, 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 for everybody who's, you know, a little nervous about this process. Straight process or a straight, straight line process for it all. I would just say start with searching on like uh, some type of website like autotrader or cars.com. Figure out what car you want and start looking at um which what the prices are for these vehicles i was first start, start off by setting your criteria okay or setting your filters because when you first go online you're going to see probably a couple hundred of that same car and you're going to be overwhelmed and like man i gotta look through all these cars i don't know which one even where to start yeah so we so set, start with your setting your, your filters what year do you want how much mileage do you want to have on the car what um excuse me how much do you want to pay for it and you'll start get, gauging the price amount based on seeing what they're listed for. And once you have those, all those numbers identified, your list is going to go from hundreds to probably around uh, 50. Mm. And then you can start, you can break it down further. If you want to have a specific um, features that you want inside the car, like a, a backup camera can be one thing, like a, a like an aux cord or um was it Bluetooth audio? You can have all, all those things that, that can be inside the car. Mm. Once you have all that, all that, all these filters set, now you can start seeing a few cars. Now you can make your selection based on those. And they usually have what's called like a great price, good price, and fair price yeah. that'll be attached to um, these different listings. And that's pretty accurate as far as like knowing if you're getting a good deal or not. If you're going a financing route, understand that some dealerships have their own requirements mm. and that they may require that you buy from a reputable dealer. And so reputable dealer means like if I, you can go to a Nissan dealership, a Toyota dealership, a mm. Honda dealership, but you can't go to one, two, three auto um, on main street or something like that. And they, yeah. cause they're like, that's just a mom and pop dealership that is not necessarily a, a certified dealer. Mm. And you can also ask like the, uh, your bank, will you finance at this dealership? If they, if they want to know that, that question, the answer to that question. And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but one, two, three auto, they probably not going to finance over there. But once you have all that out identified, like I said, call the dealer up, say, I want to come check out this car and let, let them know your criteria. I'm not looking for no tinted windows. I don't want no nitrogen in my tires. I don't yeah. want the full dealer cleanup package. I want all that. Just want the standard car, tax title, and license. If they can't get with that, move on to the next one on your list and just keep on working with it until you find what you're looking for. 
go out there and check it out. If you see any defects, like on the vehicle itself, just know that that's negotiable. That's something that you can, can negotiate your price down even further. If I see a scratch on the rim, mm. we have to talk about that. We can, yes, sir. <laughs> we can work with that. If, yeah. if I see, if, it, if there's any deficiencies in the car, I'm looking at it with a fine tooth comb. I want to see anything possible that can help me bring the price down even more. And we can, and then we can negotiate from, okay. then, but my thing is stick to your numbers, bro. Like know what you want before you walk in the door and don't settle for less. Okay, that's a bet. That's a bet, man. Thank you so much for joining us on FY Fly the Podcast. Man, if you got any final words before you go, definitely let them know where they can catch you. Let them know about the Turo plays and everything you're doing over there. Any final words? Go ahead, boss. Yes, sir. So if y'all want to find out more info about me, you can hit me up on Instagram at Deuce Walls. That's D-E-U-C-E-W-A-L-L-S. You also can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm not as active on it. I should be more active on it. But um, <laughs> definitely check out. If you want to get into the rental car business in particular, though, and you think that can be like a, your future financial freedom business, go check out Rebus. That's R-E-B-U-S, rentalcars.com. And we're actually putting on a whole course where we'll be teaching you from A to Z how we've uh, started and been successful in the rental car industry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you.